0: Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Adrian from BioPlanet. Adrian, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I'm excited to jump in today. Can you tell me a bit about yourself as well as your company and what you guys are doing? Yeah, sure. So I began my career in the entertainment industry, of all places,
1: and really learned and honed my storytelling skills, both on the creative side and then ultimately on the business side. ended up producing and running my own production company in entertainment, doing movies, music videos, commercials, TVs, etc., and after 20 years of that industry and having a kid and a family, I, I felt really burned out by that 24-7 lifestyle and decided to make a career shift a little bit later in life, in my 40s, and went into marketing, which turned out to be just such a wonderful thing for me. I have this really stronger sense of purpose than I did back when I was making movies, believe it or not, and being able to tell brand stories and bring that Storytelling techniques from the movie industry and the marketing world has been fantastic. First went into the property restoration industry and currently at BioPlanet, which is a manufacturer. And we manufacture disinfectant applicators or sprayers, as you might call them, and disinfectants of all sorts. And these are eco-friendly. They're friendly for humans and pets and plants and the environment, et cetera. So it's a pretty cool company to be a part of with a really strong purpose.
0: Nice. I love that. Let's talk about, there's a lot to cover today, but let's talk about really when you're doing a marketing strategy, maybe there's a big change or there's a pivot or or the the company's headed in a new direction. How do you tackle that from a marketing perspective? So I know there's a lot to think about now, especially when it comes to AI and businesses changing, strategies are changing out there. What are things that you're thinking about when faced with a situation like this? Right
1: out of the box, Brad, with a really hefty question. I got to tell you, (laughs) I
0: appreciate that.
1: Because I love challenges, so you can imagine. Absolutely. There's a lot, obviously, that goes into answering that question. The first place I would start is just with the word strategy. So I discovered as I was learning the world of marketing leadership and marketing for different types of brands and different industries, that there's a general misunderstanding of the word strategy. Strategy is not a plan. It's not a tactical uh, outline. It's uh, a theme, an overlying theme of what everyone's going to align to. So when you talk about whether it's turning around a company or just try to n- implement a new strategy for a business to go, let's say, new vertical or something that, of that nature, you have to really think about what is the overall theme first and how are we, how are you as the leader going to get everybody to align to that theme? From the theme, then, of course, then you build your support for the theme. You you build your tactical moves in marketing, your strategic plan, et cetera, et cetera. But I do notice that when you talk with a lot of people, particularly in marketing, and you talk about marketing strategy, the first thing they go to is the list of the channels they're going to run campaigns on or the types of digital marketing they're going to do. And I go, hold on, (laughs) that's tactical. Let's talk about what's our overall theme. So a good example of that is at BioPlanet. I came in about eight months ago to BioPlanet, and we are charted a new strategic direction for the company. And that strategic or strategy, that overall theme is a focused growth. And what that means is just picking the verticals where we want to have mark, more market penetration and or market development if it's a new vertical. In the case of BioPlanet, we went into the animal health vertical and that was new for us and really focusing on those. Let's get some gains and wins in those verticals before we start to expand out into new, to newer markets or other markets as well. The first thing is, does everybody align with focused growth? Do, does your leadership align with that concept At BioPlanet? Uh, we we are fortunate enough to have a great CEO who agreed with that, a board that agreed with that approach. and And so we've been implementing that, and we're about six, seven months into that, and it's really turning out uh, well for us. I think that answers the first
0: part of your question. Absolutely. So as we think about, so the, maybe the businesses experience a change, but also just the world is changing in general. So, How are you thinking about things when it comes to AI and new technologies and like where you plug these into the strategic changes you're making? Let me first
1: say I love AI. I am using ChatGPT, Claude AI, and as of, I think, today or yesterday, now I'm going to dive into Gemini, the Google AI. I'm literally using those tools on a daily basis. Um, That said, those tools do not replace my team members at all. They really just help strengthen our work and create more efficiencies, which has been Wonderful for us. I use it for everything in my personal life. If I got to write an email to somebody and I just can't get the words right, I, I go for help to the AI and then it's a great idea generator. I might go there and just get some ideas and then go off and write my own thing or create my own image or what, whatever the case may be. So out of the gate, I will say I love AI and I love where it's going. Of course, like any new technology or innovation in the world, it's presenting challenges and will present challenges for life probably. But here's how I think about it. I'm in a lot of CMO groups and a lot of marketing groups, and a lot of people are freaking out. (laughs) Hey, we're all going to lose our jobs. I'm a copywriter. I'm a video editor. Whatever you are, I'm a designer. I'm going to lose my job because AI can do all of that. This is what I tell people. This is what I've discovered by bouncing around in different industries and learning different ways of leadership and how businesses are run. The way you know if your job is going to be replaced by AI is not it has nothing to do with AI itself. It has everything to do with the business leadership. And this is what I mean by that. If your business leadership values marketing, they're not gonna replace you with AI. If they look at marketing as just an expense line on a PNL, then you have, there's a probability that you could be replaced by AI because it would be cheaper for them. And unfortunately, I think we're still in an age where these two new tools are have come faster than the mindset shift in business leadership that is slowly occurring. Some of the bigger companies have already shifted their mindsets and they see marketing as a very important, integral aspect to the overall business strategy. But there's a lot of companies that don't. I've worked at some, they, don't, they just see marketing as you go make flyers, you do some stuff on social, and if we have to cut costs, we're going to you first. They don't see that marketing really is truly a revenue driver. They can clearly see that with sales. Right, in B to C, where um, where marketing is the top of the food chain, obviously it's a little bit more obvious that marketing is driving revenue. In B to B, where marketing is really lower down the ladder of the food chain and its sole purpose is really to support sales, business leadership tends to look at sales and say that's our revenue driver. They don't think about all the things that we now do with marketing science and everything that we do in marketing now that we didn't do even just two years ago, that really are. Revenue drivers, so getting the business leadership, if they're old school, getting them to come around to understand that marketing is an integral part of the business strategy, not just an expense line, will be the key to whether people get their jobs replaced or not by AI. And one last thing, the canary in the coal mine is this ask yourself, and it doesn't matter who you are in marketing, you could be a coordinator or you could be the CMO, do you have a seat at the table when leadership is doing their business strategy planning? That is the signal about whether they value marketing or not. If your CMO or your team is at that table and you're a part of the ideation around the strategy for the overall business, you're good. If you're just getting a call from the CEO or from someone in leadership saying, we've come up with our strategy, now go you know, come up with your marketing strategy to support this, then there could be a chance you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. So that's
0: the canary in the coal mine for me. Yeah, it's very interesting. And is there anything you can do if you're in the latter position or go find a new company?
1: Go work for an AI company. Learn how to code or something. I don't know. No, really what you can do is start to embrace AI. I would encourage this for anybody in either situation, right? I decided I was going to embrace AI rather than resist it. I have friends who have resisted it um, because of fears or or maybe they just don't want to, to have to learn something new. I understand that. Uh, for me, I love learning new things. I'm that lifelong learner guy. So I just dove in. As soon as ChatGPT was available, I dove in. And I then, of course, added on the other AIs after that. And I found ways to make it work for me. Yes, okay, fair enough. I'm in a leadership position. So maybe no job is ever secure. But but if I was a coordinator at a company, it might be a little bit different. But still embrace it. If you're a copywriter, embrace it for your first drafts. Make it more efficient. Turn in more work. Become the power employee or staff member that's really just doing like volumes better stuff than the others by using that tool. The other thing to consider is this, if, if you replace someone in a very specific creative discipline, like a, a creative designer, or like I mentioned, a copywriter you with AI, who's going to run the AI? Somebody has to give the AI instructions. And in most cases, it'll be those same people. And that's why I don't think, I don't think there's going to be this across the board job destruction by ai anytime soon i could tell you that i do feel that there will be some job loss and i do think some businesses will become obsolete my my former business the entertainment industry will always make movies and the big 100 million 200 million dollar projects but man some of this new ai coming out these video generators for corporate you know cost nothing to for to make some killer corporate video content You know, there's a lot of small video production businesses that will probably end up, you know, uh, getting kicked to the curb because it's just too expensive to do it in the traditional way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, what we've seen, so we're a creative agency and do marketing and content, all this. And we've seen AI takes the smartest person in the room and makes them like 10 times more productive. (laughs) Yes. So it's interesting because, you know, I think, you like you said, not everybody will lose their job, and it's not going to be a job destruction thing. It takes that person, makes them more productive. So if you're not the person that's, like, embracing new ideas and change and wants to tinker with it, all that leaves you in a tough position competing with the person that is doing that now.
1: Let's face it, that person who doesn't want to change, doesn't want to learn, wants everything to be status quo, they're not going to last anyway. Because things, yeah. doesn't matter. The department changes no matter what. The business has changed no matter what. You know, we think we always talk in marketing about the customer journey. And, that, and I equate it back to Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey with the uh, story of mythologies and how the hero goes through their 12 different steps in their journey. Th- that same customer journey that we talk about in marketing is also for each of us individually in our jobs and our lives. And so if you're going along the known world status quo and you want it to remain there and you never accept that call to adventure where you're going to have to face a challenge and defeat the monster and then come back changed, (laughs) you're never going to learn anything. You're never going to grow as a person. So I obviously some people really would just like to stay status quo and they don't want to grow. And I understand that. But that's not me. I, I like to grow.
0: Absolutely. So what are your top pieces of advice just to consolidate for other marketing leaders out there today? Any like top bullets?
1: Yeah. The first thing I would say is it's okay. Two things. One is how do you lead? What is your leadership style? That is hugely important to your longevity in your career. you as a human being and to the culture that you create within your department and which hopefully will emanate out into the other departments and help influence the overall culture of the business and marketing really is That sort of centered area where the culture of the overall business gets the most influence from. So you really, as marketers, it can't just be something you put on the website that says we have a great culture or whatever your tagline is about culture, you really have to be the ones that lead it and drive it. Most often, unfortunately, leadership doesn't. They're too in their heads about the the numbers and the sales and the revenue and what are we going to do over here and how are we going to deal with this legal issue and blah, blah, blah to lead culture. They will respond to your leadership and culture, but they rarely lead. There's some great CEOs that lead, but I'm just general. That's number 1, thinking about how are you going to drive your culture and what's that mindset going to be as a, a leader? When I was in entertainment, <clears throat> leadership on a product video, a movie set, whatever that set was not a democracy. It was dictatorial. The director drove the whole thing. Now, I took that business model and leadership model into the new industries, and guess what? It doesn't work. <laughs> what really I just stumbled across, and I, I actually got this for our call today. That I just wanted to hold up the pamphlet. I stumbled across the servant leadership model. Now, a lot of folks put this on their profile on LinkedIn, or they talk about it in social, whatever, but they don't really know. What, it's literally a pamphlet by Robert Greenleaf. It's, what is it? It's 60 pages, super fast read, and it's not what you think. Servant leadership really is about as the leader being the base of the pyramid, not the top, and supporting those on your team that are above you. And I don't mean above you in title. They're below you in title, but thinking of them as you're the base and they're above. If you can support them, empower your team to have a voice, give everyone a shot to bring up ideas, you're going to be blown away at the success your department's going to have just by virtue of that one simple change. It's not some trick. It's not some one of those, I've got the five keys to blah, blah, blah. to B 2 B2B selling or whatever it is. It's just literally a model that's super simple, easy to implement. It just takes a mind mindset shift in your mind. And when others in the business see you doing that and leading as a servant leader, they're going to change too, because they're going to see the success and success trumps everything. So, you know, I think that's the one thing I would give as advice. I think the other thing that's super important to remember. Is that Shakespeare was absolutely right when he said, All the world's a stage and we are merely players. And what I mean by that is, I truly believe, and I say this in all the panels I talk on and all the keynotes I do, that no one knows anything. And friends have corrected me and said, No, you mean no one knows everything. I know no one knows anything, (laughs) which is awesome for anybody at any level in their career because that means you also could, whatever your idea, could be right. There's so many so called experts that I've worked with who have great ideas. And I go, wow, that person really knows their stuff. And then a day later, someone comes along and challenges that. And I found out that expert wasn't really right about that thing, or it didn't really work in some way. And so I realized early on, and I actually, the entertainment industry proved this because you see behind the veil, right? You see the fake, that we're all wearing wardrobe and we're playing characters. and, And that's an interesting metaphor, but I truly believe it's legit. Like some people don't realize they're just playing a character. That they're not like their true selves aren't out there. They're just, I'm the accountant. I'm the marketing guy, the, you know, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to dress like that. And I'm going to act like that. I'm going to talk like that. And they do that for so long. They believe they are that. You're not that. We are all just trying to figure it out. Even the greatest minds in the world, when you sit down with them, and I've had an opportunity to sit down with some of the largest celebrities, business leaders in the world, just by luck, And you realize, oh, my God, they're just regular folks. They don't really have anything greater than what we have in our own selves. So that's the other thing I wanted to throw out there. No one knows anything. And we're all just playing characters, which is an awesome thing, because if you lead your life like that, then that means the sky's the limit.
0: You can do whatever you want because no one nobody else knows anything better. So what the hell? Yeah, I love that. So maybe on the same track or different, if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice or you wish you had known something earlier in your career, like what would that be? That's a really great question. I think it would probably be
1: along those lines of don't ever get fooled into thinking you're not good enough or that imposter syndrome where you feel like you're not that person. I have that all the time. And guess what? So do these humongous leaders that lead multi-billion dollar corporations, they have the same thing. They're pinching themselves going, how did I become CEO of a hundred million, billion dollar company? This is crazy. The imposter syndrome is really the truth bubbling up, in my opinion. It's really, yeah, you don't know what you're doing, dude, but that's okay. Nobody else does either. So I would probably tell my younger self, by the way, was a bit cockier <laughs> and a lot more confident and think I knew everything. So i probably slap my younger self a little bit and say, Hey dude, get some <laughs> humility, man. You're going to be, you're going to, 10 years from now, you're going to have to embrace this servant leadership model and really support others before you support yourself. And I think I, I could have done that earlier in my life. That would have been a lot better.
0: I love it. <laughs> Any last takeaways, words of wisdom, closing remarks as we end today's episode? Yeah, I think just, as I said before,
1: be open to change. Even if you're like, oh, man, I don't want to, you know, because think, by the way, change is coming so fast now. It's just unbelievable Out the pace of change, but just be open to it. Take classes in something you never, you know, something that interests you, but maybe doesn't even, doesn't even relate to your career. You know, when I was at first on-site, I built the marketing department, about 25 individuals and about 20 of them were from outside the industry, like myself. They had never been in property restoration, let alone at a billion dollar global company. I gave them a shot because they were bringing other things to the table, things that other companies and our competitors, their marketing teams wouldn't have even considered because they had been doing the same thing the same way for 40 years. And so just really giving a chance to people who think out of the box, who don't have that industry experience or background, but can bring something different to the mix and then empowering them. I think that just goes a long way. And I think that's, you know, if you can do that as a leader, you're going to just incrementally get better and your department's going to really thrive and be successful.
0: Absolutely. Hey, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining today and sharing all your wisdom. Yeah. Hey man, thank you for having me. It's a great opportunity. I appreciate it, Brad.
1: Absolutely.